Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing climbing Jacob's Ladder. As we've discussed in previous podcasts, Freemasonry signposts many things in its rituals, but one of the most obvious and one of the most important is Jacob's Ladder. The reference to Jacob's Ladder can be found in Genesis chapter 28, and whilst there are little scraps of information and a few breadcrumb trails to be found in the verses of this chapter, logically we asked ourselves as inquisitive speculative masons, how can we attempt an ascent? How can we climb Jacob's Ladder? Or more correctly, which way should we climb Jacob's Ladder? As you can guess from that last question, there are many systems of theurgic ascent that employ the metaphor of Jacob's Ladder. In the field of alchemy, we have the mutus lever, which has a rather stunning frontispiece depicting an alchemical Jacob's Ladder. A little closer to home in Albion, we have John Dee's system of angelology, whose dialogues were designed to build our own Jacob's Ladder to cross the gap, the gap from this realm to others. In the field of Kabbalah, we have a few different ways of doing so. One way being to use the 72 angels of the Shem Hamfarash in one of a myriad of ways. A second being the way of Abraham Abelafia, which was possibly inspired by Joaquin de Fior. And thirdly, we have the Kabbalistic Jacob's Ladder drawn up by Kurdish Kabbalists in the 17th century. Now, this is the most commonly referred and illustrated version of Jacob's Ladder, Kabbalistic Jacob Ladder, Jacob's Ladder. And this is most commonly depicted uh, as having four distinct worlds, one of action, formation, creation and emanation. This system will be followed up in a, in a later podcast, but at the moment, we'll just signpost to you to do your further research. And lastly, we have a system which our own brother Andrew has described in his books, which I'm sure is going to elaborate on in due course. So there are quite a few, and I'm sure there are a few listeners out there, uh, which are, and I'm sure most of the listeners out there are unfamiliar with most of them. So which one does Freemasonry use? Which system works? Which system was used in the Bible? Well, personally, I doubt very much that the original system for biblical times, if there was such a thing, has survived to the modern day as an, unbro- as an unbroken tradition. So what can we do about this lost knowledge? I personally think that the Bible is merely hinting at a, pro- a process and outcome, not at a system per se. And the answer is, of course, use whichever system you feel the most aligned with. All of the systems work in their own particular ways. So which does Freemasonry use? The answer is, I'm not entirely sure. Ah, I'm not ah, entirely ah. sure. <laughs> there is no provable correct answer that I've found. Doesn't mean there isn't one. And apologies for being so vague on the topic. So, Brother Unsure, do you have any thoughts on the topic? Well, first of all, we took a blood oath that we wouldn't tell anybody. So um, <laughs> I think also this, of course, you know, from my research, I would say it's the secret of the golden flower. Yes. Is is the method. And that, in fact, is overly complicated. There is a much more in, in my my last book, um, uh, Freemasonry Royal Arch, I give a much simpler explanation of how it's done. But the, the point is, why would you want to climb Jacob's Ladder? What, do you, what are you in search of? What's, what's the objective? What I think you need to know why you're doing this before you actually go out and start uh, practicing some of these esoteric and occult practices. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an objective and uh, you know what's going to happen, because um, I've heard of a lot of people who have been 
quite scared um, uh, <laughs> by the experience. Sure. And, um, so I think you need to to know it's rather like um, um, uh, let's see <clears throat> um, some of the early explorers crossing the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't know where they were going. Uh, some of them felt that they might fall off the edge of the world. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Sure. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, you really need a map. You really need to people to talk to people who've already been there. You need to read other people's experiences before you start trying. I think. Sure. But, um, well, fools so, rushed in where angels fear to tread, and all that. Uh, yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, um, I think it's it's uh, a an exciting and very important uh, practice for all people, not just Freemasons. But Freemasons are given the tools, and they're shown um, the direction to, to head. Yes. So yes. go ahead and do it. <laughs> sure, sure. Just do it. <laughs> just just get on with it, son. Just let it pop. Yep. Yeah. This is this is this is good. I think, like you say, there are a lot of people that do get a bit of a shock. They they do find a little little bit of the first rungs of the ladder quite intimidating. And well, I suppose for some people it is when you when you do look inwards that you don't always don't always like what you see if you are on, on, looking at this sort of thing. Yes. So on the tree of life, there's positions. I think they call them kibboleth or chibboleth. And um, they are the kind of hidden realms, and you yes. can meet things there that yes. you're not experienced. And um, I've known people who have approached the subject a little bit casually mm. and mm. Um, also with uh, not the, the correct um, uh, attitude, I think. It's been yes. frivolous, yes. and you really have to be serious. And you have to be whatever turns up, you know, you have to be polite mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, not aggressive and inquisitive and asking people's help all the time, whatever mm -hmm. happens. Yeah. Um, I can't really tell you more about it, but um, yes, uh, it's, it's all a joke. Yeah, it's, it's not. No, a it, it has to be taken seriously. Yes. It's yeah. not a frivolous attempt at disproving spiritual yeah. knowledge it's not a joke yeah it, you right you might get your right. fingers burnt if you're if you're that blase i i for example um this is a, a, a tangential story but i was um hospitalized uh two about two years ago and i was in the canteen talking to my wife and at the next table there was a woman mm -hmm. who uh was an elderly patient and she was being spoon-fed by the by a nurse. She wouldn't eat her food. She was uncooperative. And in the middle of the, the meal, the old lady turned around and started saying things to me that only I knew. And I've never met this woman before. <laughs> and I knew at that moment that she was possessed. I could see it in her face mm -hmm. that she was possessed. And unless you're really you know willing to for me it means nothing because i know how to handle it but uh 
uh, other people are going to be shaken to the marrow when they see something like oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah Because um, now, you know, it, it seems to be like um, uh, a, a, a story out of angels and demons. Um, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, um, a Dan Brown's story, but it's not. Yes, it's yes. reality. And when you start on this climbing, either going via the tree of life or climbing Jacob's ladder yeah. or whatever you're doing, you've got to be sure that you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. With, with, with regards to the popular depictions in, in, in films, you know, Dan Brown's stuff doesn't really scratch the surface. It's a, it's a whole crazy world out there, but we'll save that for another podcast. I think. Exactly. I've got Let's some interesting that. ayahuasca stories to add to that as well. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, we'll do that quite soon. We'll do that quite soon. But yeah, thanks Excellent. for that, Bella. I'm sure that's, um, that's keeping things nice and safe. <laughs> on that note, um, we now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>